How are you all doing with everything that's been going on? Uh, you know, we're approaching a year into this pandemic, and that's a, that's a long time. Uh, but I, uh, you're probably like me. You kind of keep your eyes on what the numbers are, and it seems that we are uh, trending in the right direction. And uh, we're seeing uh, some positive numbers in terms of the, the numbers uh, related to the coronavirus going down. And so that's good news. Uh, however, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm tired of all of the restrictions. <laughs> like, I look forward to the day I don't have to wear this dumb mask, right? And, uh, and watch out when social distancing is not an issue because I'm going to be giving everybody a big, uh, a big hug. Like I've never wanted to hug people so badly in all my life. So uh, here comes Pastor Corey, take cover because uh, uh, I'm coming for you. And uh, every once in a while there's a line uh, from, the, from the song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas that I think of. You know the line I'm talking about? Mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. Uh, that's, the, that's the line I think of every once in a while, and I'm looking forward to um, when school is going to start again. Now, there's a name for all of this fatigue. Uh, they call it uh, pandemic fatigue, and the World Health Organization uh, describes it like this, an expected and natural response to, the, to a prolonged health, public health crisis. And that's obviously what we are in. Uh, there, there is a sense that it's just natural that we get tired of the restrictions and we get tired of not being able to uh, go about doing the things that we would uh, normally do or would, would love to do. And, uh, and with all of the concern about uh, just the, the weariness related to social isolation and, and people uh, taking the precautions they need, uh, there, there's, a, there's a part of uh, pandemic fat fatigue that I think we sometimes forget about that I, I think we should be really concerned about, and that is that we grow spiritually weary. And maybe you feel like you're in that boat a little bit, where your passion for God uh, wanes, or just uh, with everything going on, you, you lose your appetite to uh, read God's Word and to pray. Or maybe uh, you're tired of uh, your life group be meeting virtually. You'd love just to meet face-to-face -face once in a while. Or maybe you're in the habit of watching online every week, but it's harder to tune in and to watch online. There's a spiritual weariness that I'm aware of that, that, can, uh, that can get a hold of us during this pandemic. And so my hope is that the sermon series that we're starting today over the next five weeks, that this is a boost to our spiritual lives. It's kind of like that energy that renews us that we're going to have a challenge. We're calling this a 35-day challenge. There's going to be a challenge to seek the Lord in, uh, in prayer over the next uh, five weeks. Do you ever drink those five-hour energies? Does anybody drink a five-hour energy drink? I'm scared of those things because I'm just like, I'd get all wired and, and I'd, uh, be, ja I'd be bouncing off the walls. Uh, well, this morning, uh, but the point of a five-hour energy is it just gives you a boost to get through the afternoon or the rest of the morning. 
And my hope is that over the next five weeks, that this would be a boost to us spiritually, that it would waken us out of our weariness, out of our spiritual fatigue, and that we would be able to pursue God in a different and a a renewed way. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to be challenged to pray what we are calling powerful prayers. Five powerful prayers that will hopefully awaken our hearts if we're sensing that spiritual weariness to break us free from that spiritual apathy. Now, I'll just warn you up front, this is a challenge. We're calling it a challenge for a reason. It's not always fun and games. In fact, the, uh, the five prayers that we're going to pray are difficult prayers to pray. And if we, uh, and if we pursue this with earnestness, uh, it, there will be times where it kind of shakes us out of our comfort zones a bit. And that might be a good thing. So, uh, so the theme verse for this series is James 5.16. And James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so we're being challenged to pray power, five powerful prayers over the next five weeks. So just an overview real quickly, and then we'll jump into the first one this week. Uh, five prayers. One is, search me. And it's a prayer for God to search our hearts and to see uh, what is in our hearts. And, to, and it's a prayer of confession to the Lord. And then, it's a, and then secondly, uh, the send me prayer. Send me, God, wherever you want, around the world or across the street. But send me to do your work. Uh, so search me, send me. Thirdly, show yourself. And this is a God-centered prayer asking that God would show us who he really is and how big and mighty he is. And uh, show us his glory. These are powerful prayers. Fourth prayer, save him or her. And I realize that's a a little bit awkward, but I wanted to put it in the singular because we're going to emphasize praying. Uh, That week we're going to be challenging you to pray by name for those that you know that need God's salvation. And then lastly, sanctify me. Make me holy. Make me like Christ. And uh, transform me to be the person that you want me to be. So those are the five prayers. This is a 35-day uh, challenge. So over the course of the next week, you're going to pray 10 minutes a day. You're going to pray the one prayer that we're talking about today. Search me. 10 minutes a day. It's a very short prayer, and so it's meant to have time of reflection, to ask God to search our hearts. So as I'm uh, delivering this message this morning, I, I challenge you to uh, think in your own heart. Will I take the 35-day challenge? When am I going to pray? Where am I going to pray? Unless in, until you have a plan when, you, uh, when, you, uh, when this church service is over today, uh, chances are you will not follow through. So, so when's the 10 minutes each day uh, to pray this prayer? Oh, by the way, We've created uh, some bookmarks. If you're here this morning, you can pick up a bookmark. Uh, uh, those that get the newsletter in the, in the mail, uh, we've mailed these out. But, if you're, but you can also just download this online if you want to. Uh, there's a PDF on our website. And it lists the five prayers and the theme verse that goes along with each one. So uh, just tuck that away in your Bible, and this will help you to... Uh, uh, that'll help you to pray these five prayers over the 
uh, course of the 35-day challenge. So as I said, the first prayer is, search me. And the, the two verses that we're going to be looking at for this prayer are found in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And uh, let me read these verses and then pray for us and we'll jump into this. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's pray. Father God, as we turn our attention to the uh, scriptures now, uh, we pray that you would come and teach us and uh, impress upon us the things that you have for us. God, your, uh, the Bible says that uh, your word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. That your word has power. It can pierce through our hearts and our souls and touch us right where we need to be touched. And so we pray that your word would come and speak to us today and that you would begin to motivate us to search our hearts, to, to see what is really in there, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that we might be able to get right with you and, and, uh, and pursue you with all of our hearts. So God, come now and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this passage, Psalm 139, is uh, written by David. It's first prayed by David. And uh, just a little background information on the psalm. Uh, David prays this prayer when he's on, his, on the run from his enemies. If you remember, uh, if you've read the story of David's life, uh, he becomes a powerful king. But he, but he doesn't ascend uh, to that position right away. That's actually later on, his, on in, in his life. And uh, there's a period of his time where, he, where the, his enemies are questioning his motives and where they are coming after him. And so he's on the run for several years. And when I read this psalm, I picture David kind of in a cave all by himself, down on his knees. He's at a place of real vulnerability and brokenness. And he's beginning to cry out to God as, as accusations are, uh, uh, are leveled against him. He comes before God and just in his brokenness, he prays, God, search my heart. Help me to know what's really in there. Help me to uh, see if there's anything that is standing uh, against you, any offensive way in me. He just comes before God with that kind of brokenness. He's, uh, he's got his own social isolation, so to speak. There's a, uh, he's, he's there by himself. There's a vulnerability. Now, David was a man after God's own heart. That's what the Bible tells us. Uh, but it wasn't because he lived a perfect life. You read the life uh, the stories about David he, he messed up a lot and uh, the reason that David is described as a man after God's own heart is because he was a man that was uh, was able to confess his sins to God and to come before God with uh, brokenness and humility and that's what we see going on here in this passage the first thing that it says here is David prays Search my heart. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. And David's asking that God really reveal to him what is in his heart. God is the only one that truly knows what's in your heart and your mind. 
In fact, you don't even know what's in your heart and your mind. That's why this is a prayer. God, help me to show me even the hidden things in my heart. The devil doesn't know what's in your heart. Uh, Demons don't know what's in your heart. Angels don't know. Other people don't even know. But God knows. And so this is a prayer that God, uh, that, that we would come before God and that God would show us what's really there. And it's a powerful prayer because it's not always pleasant to see what's lurking in the dark places of our hearts. It's been said that no friendship would last a day or a week if we really knew what the other person was thinking and feeling. Would you be willing to let your spouse read a manuscript of all your thoughts every day or your kids? It would crush them. And, I, and I'm not saying that because you're a bad person. It's just we, ha- we have a tendency to, uh, we have thoughts and feelings that are not pleasing to the Lord. That's why this is such a powerful prayer. And so, uh, and so we're coming before God, asking that God would show us what's really there. And the amazing thing is, the reason this is so powerful is because God only knows what's in our hearts, but he still loves us. That's the gospel. Amen? That's the, that's the good news that we, are, that we are sinful before God, that, we are, that there are ugly places in our hearts, and yet God still loves us. That's why this is such a powerful prayer. God, help us to see and help uh, and and we trust that you still love us and will lead us in the ways that you would have us to go. Jeremiah 19 uh, 17, 9 says, "The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Our hearts are deceitful. We don't even like to uh, always admit or see what's going on deep within us." Kinsey's uh, our six-year-old, and she still loves to play hide-and-seek. Now, she's getting a little better at hide-and-seek, but when she was really young, as little kids do, uh, when you play hide-and-seek, you have to pretend not to see them, right? They're like like hiding behind a pole, and you're like, oh, where'd Kinsey go? No, she's not over here. And you see her in the corner of your eye, but you got to go and search around uh, for a while, right? And we we get very good at not really wanting to look at what is in our hearts. We, we pretend that there's nothing there. And we like to think, I've got a good heart. I'm a good person. But that's not the whole truth. Uh, d- deep within the recesses of our hearts resides things like pride and dishonesty, lust, anger, unforgiveness, and the list could go on. And so why would we ever want to see that? Well, I've already touched on it. It is because when we bring those things into the light, God can help us to overcome those things. It is said of Jesus in John 1, verses 4 and 5, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so when Jesus searches our hearts, he brings those things into the light so that we might have his life and his forgiveness and his strength. So then David continues on in this theme. The next thing he says is, uh, reveal my fears. Second part of verse 23, he says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
our anxious thoughts point to our fears. And we're not talking about silly fears like sharks and spiders and snakes. Those are, those are actually probably very legitimate fears, but those are not the fears that we deal with on a daily basis. Dawson's uh, got, somehow he's got this fear in Dawson's uh, bedroom. There's a bathroom right off, and, and he always wants me to uh, check the shower in the bathroom because he's afraid that there's a stranger in the shower. So I have to check the shower every night before I put him to bed. Now, I can't, I can't be mean to him because I was the same way. I, had, I was afraid a stranger was in the closet all growing up. Uh, now, we outgrow some of those fears, but we never outgrow being fearful. Deep within our hearts, uh, there are fears, fears that keep us from uh, living into all that God would have for us. We can have fears of getting sick or fears of what's going to happen to our children or what's going to happen to our country or losing our job or an unknown uh, future. Many have a fear of failure. The opposite can be true. We can have a fear of success, a fear of a loved one dying, a fear of your marriage falling apart. And we could make a very long list of common fears, but my question for you this morning is, what are you afraid of? The Search Me prayer this week is coming before God, asking God, reveal to me what I'm afraid of. And uh, this is a powerful prayer because what we fear most reveals where we trust God the least. Let me say that one more time because I think this is kind of at the core of it. What we fear the most reveals what we trust God the least. You see, trusting God is at the heart of what it means to have a relationship with God. Sometimes we forget that. We think about uh, having a relationship with God or being a Christian as doing the right things or getting involved in certain uh, ministries. And all of those things are, are very good and, and, and can be central to uh, us serving the Lord and communing with the Lord. But at the heart of what it means to have a relationship with God is simply trust. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in him. And so as we, reveal, as we pray, God, reveal my fears, what we are doing is we're, we're asking God to help us to trust him with all of the things in our lives. You know, one of the fears that I have is uh, is. I sometimes, not, I, I, I always want to couch this and make it sound better than it is, but, you know, I, I have a fear of uh, not being liked by others. And sometimes when I see someone who f feels like they're being standoffish or uh, when I don't get the words of affirmation that I want or something like that, I can, I, I can begin to wonder, am, uh, do they like me? Am I, am I accepted? Now, I, I admit that, like I said, that's hard for me to say. Like, uh, I don't like standing up here as a pastor and saying something like that, but uh, I trust that there is power in bringing our fears into the light. You know, and so we pray that God would help us, that God would give us his grace to be able to see those things that are, those fears that are tucked away in our hearts. And then the next thing uh, David says here is, he says, uncover my sins. Verse 24, it says, see if there is any offensive way in me. 
Those things that are offensive to God are the things that uh, go against his commandments, which are based on his character, who he is. And so this is anything that displeases God, the sin in our hearts. Now, the first thing we have to do is recognize that if we are to pray this prayer this week, God will uncover some sins. Nobody is perfect. In fact, uh, 1 John 1, 8 and then verse 10 says, uh, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. So if you pray this prayer this week and you come back next week and say, God didn't show me any sins, uh, it's kind of like waving your finger at God and calling him a liar. Because he says all of us have sin. And, uh, and part of what it means to be a follower of Christ is to then cast that sin upon God to, so that uh, Jesus can take care of the sin in our lives. Now here again, this is something that it's probably not too flattering for me to admit, but this one's a little bit less uh, touchy. Every once in a while, I have to clean the refrigerator out, right? And uh, the reason I say this is not flattering because I don't clean it out nearly enough. And so what, what I will inevitably find tucked away in the back of the refrigerator is some Tupperware from some casserole that is like several weeks old, and uh, it's gross, and you got to either just throw it in the trash for I'll buy new Tupperware. Or what I typically actually do is take the lid off, get it in the garbage disposal as fast as I can, and try to rinse it out. And uh, it, because I know it smells gross, I'm not going to, unless I'm really having a bad day, I'm not going to shove it back in the back of the refrigerator again and wait till next time. I'm going to deal with it at the time. And God wants us to look into the deep places of our hearts and get rid of it. Deal with it. Don't let it hide in the, in the back recesses any longer. But bring, uh, uncover, uh, uncover my sins is what we are praying here. God, uh, bring it to light. And so as you pray this prayer this week, I invite you just to search your heart and ask God, what are the sins that I need to have uncovered in my, in my life? Now, again, I've said 10 minutes a day, so that at the end of this week, you'll have had 70 minutes in this prayer. 70 minutes in a two-word prayer is a long time. It's meant to give us some time to reflect, to ask ourselves some uh, difficult questions. What do, I, uh, what do I not want anyone else to know about me? What seems to be causing the most conflict in my life with others? What keeps pop popping up in my life or in my heart that I know is offensive to God? To ask God to reveal uh, these things into our life. And then the last line of the prayer is where the hope comes from. David uh, prays, lead me in the way everlasting. And so you're going to pray to God, lead me. Lead me in the ways that you would have me to go. You know, there's a lot of self-help books out there and a lot of techniques on how to uh, get along with others or, get, or have more peace in our hearts. But the greatest power to change our hearts comes from the transformative power of God in our lives. I love to read the Gospels and just uh, read all of the stories about how Jesus heals uh, people. 
A man born blind, he gives him sight. A person that's lame tells him to pick up his mat and walk. A person that's uh, a person that can't hear uh, 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 immediately receives uh, his hearing. And uh, and I read these stories and I'm so inspired. And God still heals people physically. But not everyone is healed physically every time. In fact, I guarantee you, all of us, unless Jesus comes back first, are, we are all going to die. He will not heal us on, on, at some point. But the good news is that Jesus always heals our hearts and our spirits. Like this, the, the healing power that Jesus is able to do miracles and raise the dead resides in us if the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so we come to before him and we, we, we rely on that same power and pray this powerful prayer. Lead me, God. Lead me in the ways that you would have me to go. Lead me out of sin. Lead me out of my fears. Uncover those ugly things in my heart and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, this is a prayer of confession. There's two kinds of confession. One, there is confession to God, right? We, we confess our sins to God because he and he alone is able to forgive our sins. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a great verse to commit to memory, uh, to confess our sins to God. But then there's a second kind of confession, and that is confession to others. And that's valuable as well. We don't uh, confess our sins to others so that God will forgive our sins, but we do confess our sins to others because there's healing in that. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray to each other so that you may be healed. And so as you pray this prayer this week, if there are things that come to your mind that are be, uh, that that are against another person, I invite you to uh, confess those things to that individual and ask uh, for their forgiveness so that you might be healed. In the sermon last week, I talked about the uh, three B's of ministry. Uh, we, you know, we were talking about um, having success in our vocation, and we define success as a faithfulness to God's calling in our lives. And uh, there's a temptation for uh, pastors to judge their success uh, in, a, in a poor way by looking at three B's, butts in the pews, uh, bucks in the offering plate, and building size. And as I began to pray this search me prayer this week, you know, I, I begin to realize, like, who often... Uh, do I try to find my own success or my own uh, value on those ugly things? Like if I was to pastor by looking at those things, that'd be a terrible way to minister. I don't want to judge uh, uh, my success based on attendance or, or, the, or the outward appearance of how things go. I want to be motivated. I want to be led by God and motivated by love. And so, I, and so as I began to uh, just pray this prayer of search me, God begins to reveal things in my own heart. God, I need you to lead me in the way everlasting. So as I said, the foundational verse for this uh, series is 
found in James chapter 5. It says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And in praying this search me prayer, what we are going to see is that we're not so righteous. And so that's why this is kind of the first prayer we're praying. So that we can confess our sins to God and we can receive the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness that each of us have are, is not a righteousness that we have on our own. It's a, what we say in theology, it's, it's an imputed righteousness. It's a righteousness given to us by Jesus. And so this is a prayer to God, search me, forgive my sins, and give me the righteousness of Christ so that I might be able to uh, be the person of God that uh, you want me to be. So will you take the challenge? Okay, this is the application now. Will you take the challenge? Ten minutes a day, search me. Take that bookmark and, and uh, pray Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 each day. And uh, just spend time sitting with the Lord. Ask God to reveal your fears. Ask Him to uncover your sins. Ask Him to uh, show you what's in your heart and to lead you in the ways that He would uh, have you to go. And as you do, uh, you'll confess your sin and you'll receive the healing and the love of Jesus. Now, there's nothing magical about these words. They're powerful not because of the words we say. They're powerful because uh, it's the type of prayer that God loves to answer in our, heart, in, in our lives so that we might be forgiven, we might be healed, we might be transformed to be like him, receive new life in Christ. So you got it in your mind? You got the when and the where. You got the prayer you're going to pray this week. Search me. Let's, let's read this uh, uh, verse together. It's on the back of your program, or it'll be on the screen if you're watching at home. This is Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Let's read this together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I pray that as we uh, pray this search me prayer this week, that God, you would use it to um, work in our hearts. That you would bring things to our minds that we can confess to you. And, and God, that you would wake us up out of our spiritual apathy. That, there are, that, that we begin to uh, uh, grow cold uh, because of anxious thoughts and sin that we let reside deep within us. And God, we pray that as we pray this this week, that you would reveal things to us and wake us up to, to you and, and to the new life that we can have through you. Remind us of how much you have forgiven us and remind us of how much you love us. And God, help us to uh, be led in the way everlasting. And so God, I pray for each person that is, uh, that is thinking about this right now, that's listening and that has determined uh, in their hearts to take the, the powerful prayers challenge. I pray that this would be a great week for them. God, I pray that you would speak to them in ways that you haven't spoken to them in a long time. And God, I pray that it, would, that it would be a week of cleansing and healing. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.